things. There are people who get paid to hug pandas. And there are people who get paid to give little baby slaws baths. And I don't have either one of these jobs, and it's depressing. It's it's just, it's very depressing. I, I don't know. Anyways, I have... um. I have nothing to talk about. I I really do. Um, I'm going shopping with my mother tomorrow, and she keeps sending. Here's the thing: my mother is a um, serious uh, minded colorer. Is that how you say it? She's coloring. She's she's got probably over a hundred markers. Um, uh, colorist that works too um and she has like four or five big coloring books and she has the enchanted forest and the ocean one and she has all those books and um she's recently on a gel pen kick and my mother um found some uh colored pencils at walmart yesterday and of course they were new she didn't have any just like it so she bought me some and she bought my sister some and she bought herself some and then i got a picture of them sent to me on my cell phone and here's the thing about coloring i avoided it like the plague and she kept trying to you know like she was a dealer she kept trying to give me markers and she kept trying to give me oh i don't like this picture so you can have it and she kept handing me these things over and over and over again like she was a crack dealer and finally i gave in and i colored and and now i have a, a hundred piece um collection of color pencils that she bought me i have um the ocean coloring book and um i oh you mean the hobbit fandom yes that's exactly how you i, I was press ganged into the hobbit fandom um and it, she just it's just that's my life i, I my mother's a coloring book dealer and a big name fan on farm town and that's what i have to put up with um on a regular basis i got my nails done today they're really pretty i got um pink glitter uh french tip it's really cute it's really cute um and no orange no orange um and that's really that's basically it. I um I've been writing a little bit here and there, but you know I don't even know why there is a fucking white pencil. What is it good for? All my pages are white. I still use it though. I don't know why. The other day I had um I was um coloring um I have this owl coloring book. Well, actually, it's my mom's. I bought my own version. It's coming on Amazon. Shut up. Um, and it's Al's, and she had given me a picture out of it. And one of them, um, one of, in, in the picture, there was an open book, so I had to uh, uh, color the pages. And of course, you know, I had my white pen. I got nothing. I don't know why I did that. I have metallic um I have metallic gel pens. Um 
anyways, I have a white pencil and I and I used it to color um on a white page to make my book extra white. That that that's really all it did. It made the book pages extra white. I still did it. I actually was really proud of that owl picture when I got finished. I came precariously close to starting an Instagram just so I could take a picture of my owl and post it on Instagram. Because I don't have an Instagram. I don't have anything I'd want to put on Instagram. And I'm thinking, I could put my colors, my, my coloring sheets on Instagram. I could totally do that. I could have a whole fucking Instagram dedicated to my mother's coloring, too. That That's actually kind of amusing. Anyways, <clears throat> that that's all I got. I don't have anything else. I um <laughs> Mama Marco's coloring pages. That would be just about it. <laughs> Me and Mama color, that's what we do. Uh she's she's she is like a fucking professional. She is she has she actually dedicated an entire computer bag to her collection and she carries it with her wherever she goes and she has a little clipboard so she so, so she doesn't even need a table. There is a not safe for work coloring book. There's even one with sexy positions. There's a Karma Sutra coloring book. There's also one with a whole bunch of cuss words in it. I've I've got my eye on it. Um but I bought the owl one on um, Amazon, so when it gets here, I'll uh, tell everybody how it is on Facebook. So, you, so, you know, if you're interested in coloring, and you might like that owl book, because it's really beautiful from what I've seen from my mom's. Anyways, <clears throat> for those of you who have been on my site this week, um, there were some issues um, with my site, and um, I, th- I think I fixed them all. And for those... You know, um, I've had that slideshow on my front page for weeks and weeks and weeks, and apparently it wasn't working for anybody. And I want to appreciate the. I I want to say I appreciate your patience in not sending me three thousand emails to let me know that my front slider wasn't working. I super appreciate that, but I didn't know it wasn't working until Lady Holder pointed it out. And then Julie agreed that it wasn't working for her. And then Azure agreed it wasn't working for her. And then I realized it only worked for me. It literally only worked for me. And I was like, really? It's been up for weeks and, and no one said anything? But I'll be damned. The Phoenix link went down today because of a fucking plug-in. And I got 20 emails. So at least I know where your priorities are. Apparently it wasn't for my flippy little slideshow on on my front page. Anyways, my slideshow should be fixed, so you should, um, you know, go look at it, because I put a lot of effort into fucking fixing that thing last night. So much effort that I broke two or three pages on my site in the process, but they're fixed now, should be. Let me know if they're not. Um, I, our limit starts and ends with porn. That's pretty much exactly what I was thinking, Azure. That's exactly what I was thinking. I, uh, there are a whole bunch of people in my chat room. Why don't you guys ask me some questions? Because um, I don't have um, jack shit to talk about. I, I mean, Julie and Lady Holder gave me some awesome dis, you know, choices earlier. But I'm all blah, blah, blah. And <laughs> nothing really appeals. I'm all, I got, you know, I don't know. 
It's just bullshit. I'm just I'm just not in the mood for any of it. Um as it were. I'm just I'm really not. So uh blah blah blah. Exactly. And for those of you who are reading um Darkly Loyal, that'll make perfect sense to you. And if you're not reading Darkly Loyal, then why the fuck aren't you reading Darkly Loyal? How did the Walmart trip go? Um well, I did get called a bitch in the parking lot for taking somebody else's um, spot, but we already discussed that on Facebook because he called me a bitch, and I immediately popped back with horror, and his face was priceless. He didn't even know what to do with me. I mean, he was just like, what, really? And he just walked away. I mean, so, um, good rule. When a man cat calls you, pop back. <laughs> Okay, Sybil, um, do you do you have a favorite storyline that you like to write, and does it change with your mood? Um, yes, I I love to write um, fix it fix, where I fix canon, where I fix the parts of canon that piss me off, whether it's time travel or just an alternate universe or whatever. In any fandom, I like to fix the things that irritated me in canon so um fix it is definitely um my favorite storyline in any fandom and uh does it change by my mood when i'm really irritated i tend to write really um sexually explicit fic i i don't know why (laughs) i write extreme like some of the most explicit scenes in Ties That Bind were written when I was really irritated. Um, I think I was pissed off for two weeks when I wrote A Lovely Agony. I mean, because it was just like, you know, I'm just, I, I, I have, I don't, I got nothing. I have, I have no idea why it's that way. And when I'm angry with somebody, which isn't the same thing, really. I mean, it, you know, there was, um, I do write, I, I, I do tend to write a lot of snark. And, um, <laughs> um, like big gay love in Canada because I just, um, I, I get snarky when I'm angry and so that, that happens too. Um, but when I'm irritated with something or something didn't go my way or whatever, I, I do tend to write really explicit sex and I, I don't. Maybe it's a frustration thing. I don't know. I mean, masturbatorial writing. I don't know what it is. <laughs> it's just <laughs> I have no idea. So, so that's so. I hope that answered your question, Sybil. Um, <laughs> well, if people annoy me too much, I will ban them from my site. So, <laughs> you bitches, keep that in mind. <laughs> so, yeah. Lady Holder's husband was mean to me earlier. I'm going to just put that out there. Yeah, he was an asshole. He was he was complete asshole. Um anyways, <clears throat> I might have to um write him into Darkly Lowell as collateral damage. He'll never know. Ha, 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 ha.
about to ask some more questions. Because uh, otherwise, this is going to be really one boring-ass uh, um, podcast. But, um, you know, Walmart, Walmart is like this um, terrible terrible thing for me and I'm gonna I'm gonna confess something and it is really really um terrible and it could be like one of my biggest character flaws um a great long time ago I was watching a comedy show and it was just Jeff Foxworthy and he said if you want to feel good about yourself go to the county fair Because what you see there will make you feel good about you. (laughs) And that's pretty much how I feel about Walmart. Because I can walk into any Walmart and go, my hair day wasn't that bad after all. (laughs) And it's terrible. It's terrible. It's so judgy. It's, It's just so judgmental. And, um... Um, I, it's just terrible. It's, it's a, it's a very terrible mindset. And, um, I blame my mother because, um, we were, we were at Walmart on Tuesday night. Um, and, um, that's what happened instead of a podcast. I went to, uh, to Walmart with my mother. Um, and we, <laughs> I got you a couple of things that happened and, um, we, we toured the pen section because she's still looking for gel pens, and she wasn't pleased um, with their limited selection. Um, so uh, then we toured over to the cooking section because I was looking for a angel food cake pan. And you can't have a non-stick angel food cake pan, and that's all they had at Walmart. That doesn't make any sense. That's just like a fucking bunt pan. I have a fucking bunt pan. I needed an angel food cake pan, which cannot be non-stick. That's just stupid. Why in the hell would you have a fucking angel food pan that is non-stick? It is literally useless. Anyways, I bought one on Amazon because I couldn't find one at Walmart or Target. I even went to fucking um, Bed Bath & Beyond and they didn't have one either. Seriously? Anyways, that was a little soapbox. Sorry about that. It was just really irritating to see a non-stick angel food cake pan. What? What the fuck? What the fuck do you do with that? Nothing. It it serves no purpose. It, it it's a fucking butt pan. Anyways, I'm gonna tell you something that's gonna define for you just how country I am. In case my accent hasn't put that hasn't brought that home for you yet. So we tool over to the grocery side, and we um we're. we're getting some stuff, and I was going to make a chicken cordon bleu casserole, which turned out really awesome, by the way. Um, it's on um, Laura in the Kitchen on YouTube. It's called uh, uh, Chicken Cordon Bleu Casserole. I highly recommend it. It's really awesome. 
anyways, I got all the ingredients for that. And while we were in the meat section, I was looking for some um, ham that I liked because their deli was closed. And I had to buy my own ham. And I had to slice my own ham, which was kind of irritating. And I know it's a first world problem. But anyways, that was my situation. And we were tooling down the little meat counter and we saw something that we have not seen in a long time. Now, when I was very young, my grandma used to make fried beef tripe. Beef tripe is cow stomach, and you bread it like you would chicken, and you fry it like you would chicken, and it is so good. Shut up, Jilly. It is so good. But they stopped making it in the can, and I could not find it for the longest time. And so we're going down the... um. The meat aisle. I know this is just the countryest thing I do. I mean, it really is the countryest thing about me that I, that I eat beef tripe, and I'm not even ashamed. Anyways, and so we see this at the same time, and we made the same exact noise we would make if we saw a kitten. Ah, like ah. <laughs> she said, oh, "We have to buy that." I said, "I know we have to buy that, but." Here's the thing. My dad hates it, and my husband refused to be in the house with the way it smells. So what we're going to do is I'm going to buy it and take it to my mom's house, and we're going to cook it for lunch one day and eat it while no one else was around because we're the only ones that eat it. Shut up. I don't care. I do not care. But um, I would never buy a whole chicken in a can. I don't even know why that happens. I I don't know why that happens. I love beef tripe. I'm but I don't understand why there's a whole chicken in the can. I love it. I love beef tripe. Echo, if you have a recipe for beef tripe, you should send me an email and tell me all about it because I will be really thrilled. I, I I love it. Anyways. <laughs> but we, we were just like so thrilled. It was like we found a fluffy kitten. I mean, it was just... We were both really excited to find it. <laughs> it's going to be great. I'm going to take pictures and show you guys. Um, for serious. I, yeah, I'm totally taking pictures and I'm going to put them on my Facebook. Anyways. So, that's what happened in the Walmart. First, um... <laughs> Well, it will just actually look like chicken. It wouldn't look any different from chicken after it's fried. You wouldn't even, um, it would look like, uh, actually, it would look a great deal like ch chicken scallopini. Um, you wouldn't know the difference until you bit into it. <laughs> Anyways, so that happened, and um, we're, we're both really excited. Uh, so, anyway, and it is terribly country, but there is a lot of things that I don't eat. Um, I don't like greens. I don't like, ch and I won't even be in the same house with chitlins being cooked. That is a no-go. I don't eat head cheese. I don't eat mountain oysters. Um, uh, just no. Um, mm -mm. I don't eat liver. I don't eat gizzards. Uh, my husband loves liver. Oh, he loves it. I No, absolutely not. I tried veal earlier in the week. I never had it before. I don't know why. Um, but honestly, it wasn't that great. I mean, it wasn't terrible, but it wasn't awesome either. 
Um, and it certainly wasn't as awesome as the price was expensive. <laughs> I mean, so it isn't like, you know, all I could, all I could think when I was eating it is I could have gotten a really good filet for this money. I'm just saying. But we all eat things that are a little weird. I've never had menudo. Um, I've heard it's good. Um, but I don't eat any kind of chicken livers, and I don't eat pate, um, pate in any, in any incarnation, absolutely not. I don't eat, um, escargot, I don't eat caviar. Although I've heard caviar is really good, I just can't make myself eat it. Now, in theory, I eat other kinds of eggs, don't know, fish eggs, I mean, I'm just, I, I'm not on board with it. But I'm definitely not on board with escargot. I absolutely not. Not happening. Mm-mm. And now, um, I don't know why we're eating on food. I mean, while we're um, talking about food. But except for, you know, the that beef trap thing. Sorry. Not really. Um, I just, caviar, no. I don't, I don't understand why it's a delicacy. I am not eating snails. It, I am never eating escargot. Although, you know, one of the best things I ever had, um, it's not escargot, obviously, but, you know, sometimes you, you hear about really expensive gifts and, it, you know, foods, it, it, expensive gourmet foods, and you think, oh, that won't be so, uh, I don't think so. Or you think, oh, that would be really good, but it's stupid expensive. It, you know, there's just no way I'm ever going to try that. Um I have tried some really expensive gourmet dishes, and for the most part, I, I don't think they're all that, all that in a bag of chips, really. Beef Wellington is okay. I don't particularly like mushrooms, um, so I'll eat the meat and not the mushroom part. I just, it's it's not my favorite. Um, uh, and I think it has liver in it, doesn't it? I don't know. I, I just, I just, it, it wasn't all that great. Um But the best thing I ever had in my mouth was steak tartare. I don't even, I don't even know what, I don't, it was amazing. It was amazing. I've never had Kobe beef, um, that steak tartare was 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 practically an orgasm. I mean, that was the best thing I've ever eaten in my life. But I wouldn't eat it from just anybody, and I and I wouldn't eat it in just any restaurant. But then a lot of times I won't order rare beef in um, some restaurants just based on the way they smell. <laughs> I'll tell you something. I um, enjoy my steak so rare that I can walk past the meat counter, or the, the the you know, uh, and my mouth will water. Um, raw steak makes my mouth water. Oh, oh my god! <laughs> it's like mm, <laughs> I can eat that right off that tray, almost. It. it I do like my steak to be hot. Um, red center is perfect. <laughs> I'm not eating squirrel.
know, um, food. There's lots of things that people eat, and you're like, what? No, don't eat that. What? what? Come on now. <laughs> oh, see, you got to be careful with that, because I live in the South, and Julie says she wouldn't eat anything that could be roadkill. Because, you know, I live in the South, and sometimes cows get out, or pigs get out, and that could be roadkill. And I would eat the, I eat the hell out of pig. I saw a lie. <laughs> That's car kill. <laughs> the other night when I was coming back from the grocery store, I go to the grocery store a lot. Um, and that's because I don't always buy, like, everything I'm going to have, like, for the month or for even two weeks. Because I, I, I never know what I'm going to want to eat. Although I was quite thrilled with myself today. I am not a... um competitive couponer person but I do enjoy coupons I, I I find it kind of like a challenge to myself anyways between um the sales and my coupons and um just like buy one get one I saved $48 at the grocery store today $48 I was like yeah <laughs> It was like I won the lottery for a second. Yeah, I was pretty thrilled with my coupon win. Um, I got distracted by this by the chat room. <laughs> but I did hit a bat, and I was like. Really? <laughs> it was really startling. It was not expected. I felt bad because, you know, bats are, um, are really great because they eat bugs and I don't like bugs. Um, <clears throat> oh, Azure asked her question again because it got lost. Anyways, I, uh, I got nothing. <laughs> and normally, I could talk about anything for hours upon hours upon hours. I just don't know. It's like my mind is just blank. I, 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 I couldn't even write today. I tried. I opened up 10 different projects, and I actually have a great deal more works in progress than that, just to let you know. And um, we discussed them one time. Yeah, my brain's like blue screen. M my brain blue screened on me. Um, I I just um, what am I working on this week? I um, I'm I have a fit called Courting Hermione Granger. I worked on that. Um, I, I I got your question, Azure. Azure. Um, I did. Uh, I'm reading through Sentinels of Atlantis to make sure my plot for season two um, is connecting. You know, just a continuity check before I get started on the first episode of season two. I um, I worked on Phoenix a little bit this week. And um, I also, uh, Thousand Words of, of, of Murder, uh, that served no purpose. I mean, it was just straight up murder and then um 
which the file is called murder. Uh, and I wrote, <laughs> I wrote um, a new chapter for Dracula Lowell, and um, I am four chapters from finishing Dracula um, Lowell. For the, at least the rough draft. It'll be thirty chapters total. Um, so yeah. But as far as that rituals to get into the mood to write, which is what Azure questioned me about, um, rituals that get me in the mood to write, um, I put my headphones on, um, I get a drink, I, well, I get a drink, <laughs> sometimes a snack, you know, something I can, um, you know, crackers, you know, cheese, that kind of thing, um, finger foods, and I, um, yeah, I can't call anybody because <laughs> I won't get any writing done. I put my headphones on and I pick out a playlist. And I open up projects one at a time until I find one that um, strikes my fancy. And then I work on it and until I'm finished working on it. And then sometimes I'll close that one and pick up a new one. And depending on the day, I can write anywhere from five to um, 15,000 words. Just depending on how things are working out, you know, for any um, particular story. Sometimes less, sometimes more. They ever was um, upwards of forty k, and then I didn't write for a month. <laughs> so I don't recommend that. It was I don't even know what that was. I just I, I couldn't sleep, and so I just wrote for like literally I don't know close to eighteen hours. I wrote for 18 hours. I couldn't sleep. That That's all I did. And then I didn't write for like a month afterwards. So it was a crazy day. But I can easily accomplish 15K in a day. I mean, I don't do that often because it makes my hands hurt. But I could do it. But for, you know, writing rituals, I try to keep them minimum. Because I think if you give yourself too many writing rituals, like you have to have your chair a certain way, um, what you do is you talk yourself out of writing. You, you know, if you don't have the right table, or if you're not, you know, if your headphones aren't working right, or you just kind of create conditions for yourself to write, but then you also can create the conditions where if those conditions aren't met, you can't write. You just literally kind of ritual your way into a writer's block. So I think for me, it's important that I keep um, it minimal. So, because otherwise, like, now, okay, there is there is one thing. I I go to several places to write, but I have a table in each place. And if my table isn't available, it makes me really deeply uncomfortable. I mean, I just if I go into the cafe and my spot is not available, I I have looked so distressed that the owner actually apologized for my table being occupied. <laughs> I was like, I can't be here today. <laughs> Fix my coffee to go. <laughs> I just can't do it. It's just like it isn't going to work. <laughs> but I have a spot sometimes two in each place that I go that I that I sit in and if my spots aren't available it just it makes me really uncomfortable and that I think that's more of an OCD thing than an actual writing ritual thing um because even if I'm not writing I still have to sit in the same spot um or I'm just not comfortable um and then I can't do anything like I, I can't even get on Facebook much less write 
And so that really isn't a writing issue. It's more of a personality issue. And um, it's a it's an OCD issue, which um, I do fight with every day. Um, I do have some compulsive um, concerns. And I am diagnosed with, with OCD. So um, I do have a little, you know, a, a few minor issues in, in that area. Um, anyways. Don't we all? Don't you, I mean, doesn't everybody have a little thing that they have to have just a certain way? (laughs) Or it fucks up their whole day. (laughs) Just, oh. When I used to work outside the home, if I woke up late, it just, it fucked up my whole day. I might as well call in sick. Everything's off. And if I went into work with a wet head, they knew that my day was screwed and they just needed to leave me alone <laughs> because it was just not going to be a good day. <laughs> I might as well just stay in bed because just do over. Just do the whole day over. So, anyways, I have those moments. I'm, um, I'm finished talking about that. <laughs> Now we need something else to talk about. (laughs) Julie says, sometimes my chat tabs get out of order, and I can't even deal with Facebook until I fix it. I Sometimes if Facebook doesn't do exactly what I want, it just pisses me off. I have to to walk away. I have to give myself a timeout because um, shit isn't working the way I want it to. Here's a quirk. I have my own grocery bags, and I have been known to turn around and come back to the house and get them if I forget them, because I am, like, mortally offended to use the plastic bags. Do Okay, do I have a dreamscape, something that you go back to all the time? You mean like in my dreams, like I have the same dream over and over and over again, or I dream about the same place over and over and over again? Because I don't know exactly what you mean. Um, Does my husband read my fan fiction? No, he does not. Uh, He uh, just doesn't. I think it's important sometimes to have a divide. Like, uh, he, he... doesn't read any of my work, to be honest, because it's just, um, I just don't think it would be a good idea, because he's a very opinionated person, like me, um, we have a lot of the same quirks, and I really don't want to know his opinion on my work, and he would offer it to me if if, if he read my shit. And that would not be good for our marriage. It just would not be good. (laughs) Or, you know, it would um, be bad for his health. (laughs) Let's just just put it that way. (laughs) Because sometimes the the streams do not need to cross. Leave it at that. Um, no, I don't have a dreamscape. Um, I I tend to have very um, ugly, violent dreams, um, and uh, I don't know why. 
I always have ever since I was a little kid. Um, I've um, even before I would say that I was exposed to violence as a young adult. I had really terrible dreams to the point where when I was younger, my mother wouldn't let me watch um, most of what was on TV because she felt like it was too stimulating. And if I watched something really, really stimulating, whether it was um, scary or not, I would have really vivid, terrible, ugly kinds of dreams. And I don't know why, but I always have. It's a, it's a weird um, kind of brain thing, and um, it's just what it is. I have no idea why it happens. Um, but the other night, um, I actually dreamed that I was sitting at a um, stop sign or a light. It, it might have been a light. I don't really remember. And someone opened up my driver's side door and tried to drag me out of my car. And I got my door shut, and I drove off, and then... I was sitting somewhere, and he came back, and he tried to get in the passenger side, and I had the window down, and I don't know why I had the window down. It was really weird. Um, and he tried to crawl in my fucking car, and he kept trying to touch me, and um, and it was just a really weird, creepy-ass dream. And I had those kinds of dreams all the time. I don't even know what that is. It's just a weirdness. It's just this weird quirk in my brain. Um or how I process shit. I don't know. But I have those kinds of dreams all the time. When I was younger, I used to dream um, about getting lost. And um, just, you know, not being um, able to go where I was supposed to go. Or, you know, losing something. Uh, sometimes I have those dreams. But mostly, um, from the time I was 15 to the time I was in my 20s, I regularly dreamed about being murdered. And I have no idea why. I mean, stuff like um, strangled, stabbed to death. On a regular basis for six or seven years, I dreamt about being murdered. Um, I, I dreamt I was hung once. I dreamt about being strangled, stabbed to death, shot. Um, just over and over and over again. Um That's actually a great topic. Um, and I have no idea why. It's a weird-ass... Um... <laughs> Jilly said, I had a crazy dream where I accidentally ordered 83 American flags and it was Kira's fault. I don't know how that was my fault. Bass says, um, oh, stop, stop, stop chatting, stop chatting. Um, were you serious about turning a sequel plot into a threesome? I hope so. We talk a bit about how to change and adapt a story like that. Well, yes, I am going to do it. But it is spiteful as fuck, but I don't care. I cannot stand to be told I can't do something, especially when it involves a whole bunch of homophobia. I was eating cheesecake for America, but I still don't know how that translated into you accidentally ordering 83 flags in your sleep. But it was important that I eat that cheesecake for America. Anyways, 
I am going to do that on sequel plot, and I'm going to have to start from the very beginning. Um, I've already started outlining um, all the parts that are going to have to change, um, and it, it will be a huge amount of um, of change from the from the very beginning because Draco will have to go back in time with them. Otherwise, they'll be adults in child's bodies, and he'll be 13, and that's ah, uh, that's no, I can't do that. Um, so I'm going to have to put Draco in the time ritual. I'm going to have to put him, um, he was already an unspeakable in the, in, in the future anyway. He just wasn't included in the ritual. I'm, I'm going to have to redo, um, how Ron was killed. Um, yeah, it actually it actually has rekindled my interest in writing it. So I spent a lot of time um going through my original plot document and and working on some of the issues and I've um I haven't started marking my scenes yet, but, it, but there's going to be a lot of um overall and I'm going to have to um address future relationships and um the impact and I don't know uh how I'm going to explain Draco never figuring out they were soulmates because um unless Dumbledore potioned him too. And so so I have a whole bunch of questions that I, that I have to um ask myself how I'm going to resolve this. Um do I involve this? Who's going to know this? How is it going to happen? Um how is it going to impact the um the prophecy uh when they go back in time um Draco will be with his parents when when he wakes up in his young body. How is that going to impact um I'm really looking forward to adding his point of view. I think it'll be really interesting um because at least Hermione and Harry had each other as friends, but what happened if you know, doing this is that Draco was denied even their friendship. He was denied everything. Um, and he never really got that in the future. Um, that closeness that Hermione and Harry had. He was denied all of that. And, and who is to blame for that? And how is he going to deal with it? And how is he going to deal with his feelings um, for the woman he that he did marry? In, in the future, and but won't marry this time. Um, and Snape is a bad guy in um, Unspeakable Plot. In fact, he's the first one to die in Unspeakable Plot. They toss his ass over um, off the astronomy tower. Um, and um, so it'll be, you know, there's just, uh, there's a good, the, the changes are going to be huge. And just adding this character to the very beginning is going to ripple out through the entire story. I mean, it's just, it's a huge thing to do. Um, so, yeah. I'm a little curious to to start working on it and, and figure out what I'm going to do. I'll probably spend most of tomorrow um, picking out scenes that will have to be fixed and, and changed. And um, I don't know uh, original in the time ritual, there were six. Um, it was Harry, Hermione, Master Ito, Shacklebolt, were there six? Let's see. Let's see, there was Shacklebolt, McGregor, Ragnarok, yes, the um the goblin, um, 
Harry and Hermione and Master Ito is six. I always thought I probably should have done a rule of seven, but I didn't know who else to include, so I skipped it. In fact, in my original um, plot, I actually had seven spots, and I marked through the seventh spot. And I thought to myself, oh, oh, that's, uh, like, maybe mentally that, you know, in the beginning that I might have had this particular notion and then dismissed it. But, you know, not including Draco or I might have, I mean, I applied it a long time ago, so it might have been a spot for Ron, but um, I stopped save that. Um, and so I didn't have a seventh participant, and um, now I do. And I'm also, I'm thinking about actually writing the time travel ritual. I didn't in the first draft of Unspeakable Plot, um, but I think I will. Um I think I'm going to adjust it so that Draco is Harry's partner. Um, as an unspeakable, he's Draco's field partner. Uh, just to give them a layer and um, kind of expand their um, relationship to explain why Harry would trust Draco enough to include him in the ritual which is a very intimate ritual to be, you know, have your soul rendered together. Um, and I hope that in my first draft that that was, you know, clear that, that they're all kind of magically connected now because of what they did. Uh, so, um, and then I have to think about what his unspeakable name is going to be. It's just, it's a lot of fun to think about, you know, inserting this character and rearranging the scenes so that it makes sense. And, um, you know, Draco won't be, won't have been potioned to love anybody in particular uh so he would have just been potioned to um suppress the soulmate magic so he did you know he married Daphne um Greengrass and he loved her that was in the original draft that that he loved her so he's going to have to um deal with with that plus deal with the fact that his um that his soulmates were potioned into marriages against their will. So he'll have, he'll have a really interesting arc and I'm, I'm looking forward to writing it. I, th- I think it's going to be really good. And, um, I'm also super excited to add another layer over Molly's irritation for the couple than being a triad. And it just, um, and, Oh, and Ron. Ron's response is going to be fantastic. I'm really looking forward to writing that, too. And um, just just across the board, I'm really looking forward to um, abusing um, Molly (laughs) Weasley and, you know, making Ron just as vicious as possible. It it has a lot of potential to be really fun, and it's kind of um, woken up my interest in Unseekable Plot, which had... um, had fallen away. Um, and, uh, so yeah, but I'm going to have to rewrite my whole prophecy. I'm going to have to, um, it's just going to be, it's going to be really interesting, you know, um, you know, how are they going to deal with, um, being told they're soulmates? Um, because I don't expect them all three just to fall into it immediately. Um, because while Harry and Hermione had a manufactured love for other people, uh, Draco didn't. You know, Draco does really genuinely love Daphne. Um, 
even though he knew going back in time that there was ever there was every possibility that their relationship would not work out the way it did before and that he would have to wait for her to grow up um and he's going to have all these different experiences that he'll never be able to share with her uh that opportunity is gone now he's going to have to um come to terms with not only his role in their triad, but his role in the prophecy, which I'm going to have to redo, um, and his his role as an unspeakable, um, and to recognize his loyalty must be to Harry and Hermione before anything else. And so this will be a this will be a huge transition for him, and I'm really looking forward to writing it. I th- I think it's going to be really good and a lot of fun. Now I could make Draco um, having married for duty, but I think that actually kind of undermines his character development a little bit because uh, you know when when you look at the unsequel plot, Harry and Hermione have a great deal of um, meat in their development and in their in their past. Um, so um it's I don't want to cheat Draco's character. I want to give him a full um emotional experience um and just treat him with the same care and interest that I treated Harry and Hermione, which means that um I think giving him um a rich humanize him. Um, so, yeah. Um, I don't know if there will be a child, um, because you have to remember, in an unspeakable plot, um, there hadn't been a magical child born in three years, and the infant mortality rate was really high. Um, so I don't want to add another, um, dead child to unspeakable plot, because just, um, writing about Christopher Potter is really, um, uncomfortable and I kind of wish I hadn't done it but I can't take it back I think that's so integral to Harry's character in the story that if I removed it during the second draft it would kind of make the whole um it would destroy the balance of the story and especially for his character um so I don't want to definitely I do not want to write another dead child um and on the reverse of it I don't think Draco would agree to go back in time if he had a living child so I don't think there can be one, um, just based on my writing preferences and um, character motivation. Because if you're in the future and you have a child, you don't, you have to have a very ginormously compelling reason to leave that child in a world where magic is dying and in any moment um, that child won't needs your protection um and harry's choice to go back in time with, with with jenny being pregnant is because in his heart of hearts he can't he can't face what's coming and he knows that the child that she's going to have isn't going to survive he knows that so he's he's unprepared to do with it i'm uh, um, to do it That's a good idea, Twisted. I might think about I'm going to add that to my list of things that could have possibly happened that his potioning um, made him sterile. Sterile. 
Um, so I don't. I just you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of human um, elements to unspeakable plot, and pushing that all together and creating um, uh, and expanding the the power of the emotions that they're growing through and um, extracting Draco from his um, circumstances with um, uh, his parents um, and just 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 across the board, just trying to uh trying to break free of the mold that has already you know kind of boxed him in because uh, he is boxed in even at thirteen he's he's boxed into a certain set of behaviors and expectations, and um when he lands in his adult his when when his adult soul lands in his 13 year old body he's going to be at Malfoy Manor um around his death eater father and um you know how is he going to um extract himself and join the others how is he going to deal with his father's duplicity and his father's loyalty to Voldemort um whether it be um genuine or just based on cowardness, um, just just across the board, we have to. Um, I have to think about all these things and and kind of you know put it in and and make it so that when you read it again, when um, people who um, read it in the future don't see me stumble in the narrative. So not only do I have to insert all these things and make all these changes, it has to be super smooth. So the next time it gets read, you you don't even realize, or someone who's reading it for new and has never read the original won't even realize that Draco wasn't a part of it the entire time. And that's not a, um, unrealistic goal. Um, it's very challenging, and I think that's what's really exciting about it. It's just it's really super challenging, and um, and he has uh, he Draco adds an element to unspeakable plot. He adds a a layer of of danger that was missing because um, McGregor has a great deal of power over. Harry's circumstances and Hermione's circumstances. He he can protect them in ways that he will not be able to protect Draco. Uh, and he, you know, it's it's going to be difficult. It's it, it's not going to be easy. And um, um, for the characters and for you know, uh, how is that going to work? Is you know. Just across the board, it's it's going to be difficult, and so um, it'll be interesting to um, to play with that and to open it up, and and just to see the reader response for those of you who have you know read the first draft. Um, um, I, it almost makes me want to put the first draft up so that you can see that the changes, <laughs> you know, and just see what was here originally, and you know, this is what happens when I do this. And I, you know, make all these different arrangements. And I might eventually, like, um, put a PDF copy of the original up as a part of, like, a writing exercise on Rough Trade. I don't know. Um, it's just, it's just it's really interesting. Um, I got an e- <laughs> aside. I got an email um, about two weeks ago um, 
and it was uh another writer um I'm not going to say any names uh kind of chastising me for giving um for um how did she say it it was assuming She said sometimes that when I'm giving craft advice, I make it seem like my way is the only way. And that if somebody doesn't do whatever I'm giving advice on exactly the way I do it, then I'm then then they're doing it wrong. And I hope that that's not really the case. I I hope that when I talk about how I do things that you remember that your process must be your own and what works for me might not work for you. And what works for you probably won't work for me because I'm a freak. (laughs) And that, you know, that we might all start with the same template as far as like, you know, developing a character or just a general plot. Um, But you have to tailor it to yourself and you have to, um, to work to work it until it works really well for you. And so but yeah, the email was kind of disconcerting because I was like I I really hope I don't do that. Um Yeah, I really don't get pantsing. Pantsing frustrates the fuck out of me. Um I'm also continuously amazed by people who do it and do it well. I mean, I'm like really And I'm always a little disappointed when someone doesn't do it well. <laughs> I had such hopes for you. Oh, that didn't work out. <laughs> and then, you know, you, you you come across somebody who pants like a motherfucker, and you're thinking, what? How'd you, how'd you, I don't get it. <laughs> but I appreciate those who can do it, um, pantsing. So, um, I'm a planner. I've always been a planner. Um, but, yeah. So, yeah, I am looking forward to um, inserting Draco in Unspeakable Plot and just um, figuring out his path and um, his issues and uh, just how it works. Rogue says it would be interesting. It would be an interesting exercise that everyone starts with the same premise and to see where it would go. It would be really interesting if. All the participants were mature. And all the feedback was mature. Because I can see that being really interesting um, as a private writing exercise. But then you come along and some asshole (laughs) comments, well, I think so-and-so did it better than you. People are twits. They're real assholes. And so while I think it would be really interesting, it would be a great exercise to play with, I also understand exactly how immature fandom is. Um, So I probably would never structure a a challenge just like that on on Rough Trade because um, people are assholes. And there are 5,000 people on um, Rough Trade. And they're not all awesome. Trust me. (laughs) <laughs> There's plenty of them that are jack-offs. That's absolutely right. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, I've seen it happen um, with people writing from the same prompt. And, oh, this this person did this so much better than you did. And I wish you'd done this like this person did. And why didn't you do this? And um, the so-and-so did this. And I think it would be great if you did it too. And you just want to double bird your monitor. Yeah. Top of the hour, you could, I could give some sample examples of second chance tropes. Our second chance, um, our April challenge is going to be second chances, um, which can be everything from uh, <laughs> I too am always willing to double bird my monitor. I'm I'm not going to lie, I or my phone. Anyways, um. <clears throat> Second chances. Uh, it could be reunions, reincarnation. Of course, time travel is always an option for those of you who didn't participate in November or who um, aren't burned out on time travel. Um, and you want to go again, then you can go again. Or you can write a sequel to your um, November one. Because it would still be considered a second chance if they're still time traveling and doing their shit. Um <clears throat> Or if you want to do time travel from more than one point of view, that's right. Um, so, you know, just um, don't um, – there are no limits. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to put any kind of limit on it. You can just, – just the, the theme is second chances, whether it's um, – no matter what it is, if, whether it's a romantic second chance or a second chance to do something or, you know, just have fun with it, you know. <laughs> an author second chance the story i never got to write yeah you know except keep it under 40k your minimum word count is um 35k and your maximum is 40 that is your goal that is the real challenge of april keeping your story between 35 and 40k because it's so easy to write big and never end i know that better than anybody um I think that's why I find so much um, freedom in the serial uh, format that I'm doing for Harry Potter and the Soulmate Bond and for and for Sentinels of Atlantis. Um, and so um, I know that writing big is easy for me to do, but keeping myself confined to a certain um, word count is important. It's a great skill to have, especially if you want to branch out into professional works because um, there will be word count limits and, and, and you just can't keep going on and on and on and on and you, you do need an actual end. Your story must come to an end. <laughs> you know, it just can't go on forever. So I think it's an important thing to, um, to skill to master. So... That's why I try to keep the challenge for April short, just to kind of, you know, work it out. <laughs> I am torn between doing a reincarnation and doing a um, second chances, like a reunion. Um, I really like the idea of reincarnation. And last April, I had to bow out of the challenge and... Um, I had a reincarnation fic that, that I plotted but didn't write because um, I got really stressed out in April because I was being tested for cancer. And um, so, again, I was being tested for cancer again. Anyways, um, so I'm definitely I'm on the fence between writing Stargate 
and writing um, Hawaii Five O um, crossover with NCIS. And if I do the NCIS Hawaii Five O crossover, it's going to be Tony Dinozo and Steve McGarrett. Um, otherwise, it'll be Stargate. And I'm thinking that I might do. Um, thinking that I might do uh, an Evan Lauren story. Um, it will be Evan and an OC. I'm I'm torn between Chase and um, and Matt Shepard coming to Atlantis unexpectedly, and um, them reconnecting. So I don't know, um, but um, I don't know. It's it's really hard for me as a Stargate writer to um, walk into a Stargate story and it not be focused on John and Rodney. Um, so we'll see how that goes. <laughs> But I do, I do, I do like the idea of of Tony and Steve McGarrett. I like it a lot. And if I did a second chances, they could have met while they could have met while he was aging afloat, and then he gets um, uh, when Gibbs comes back, he turns down Spain and gets offered um, Pearl Harbor, and he takes it, and he goes to Hawaii. Yes, um, Don't Ask, Don't Tell was still active um, during that time period for both shows. So that will be um, maybe an issue um, because Steve's in the reserves, but he could, you know, easily make that permanent. Um, And that might be his move. That might be his big move um, as far as accepting the relationship is, you know, doing that for Tony and saying, hey, you know what? I can let the Navy go, you know. So, anyways, um, so yeah, that that would be really interesting. I, I like the idea of it. Yeah, it does work. Yeah, <laughs> um, Julie says that um, the first season of Hawaii Five O was 2010, and um, the Agent Afloat was in late 2008. So it works out really well that Tony would have gone back to NCIS and worked for a while, and then when he gets offered. Um, he gets offered Pearl Harbor instead of Rota, maybe, and he goes. And that would, um, it would be really good. The other option that I have for that particular story is to include it as part of my Alpha Chronicle series, which is um, Sentinel crossover, and have Steve um, come online and um, Tony is a guide and when Steve comes online, he remembers the guide that he met on the ship and he wants to see him again. And um, he makes it pretty much impossible for anybody to present him any other guides until he sees Tony. Um, And so that's really interesting to me too because the Alpha um, uh, Chronicle series uh, has a lot of um, potential for... um, exploration of, of, of how pair bonds come together. So I've been working really hard on that, you know, just the different kinds of pair bonds. Because in The Awakening, um, Jim crosses the country to find Blair, and um, Hermione apparates straight to Harry when when she comes online. And Aaron bonded with um, Spencer during um, a feral episode. And so um, it's just... And then, you know, Ron, not Ron, John comes online and crosses 
a galaxy to find Rodney. And so it's just, it's, um, it's, that's got a lot of appeal. <laughs> that really does. That has a lot of appeal, you know, making that. Because I, I, when I decided that I was going to do um, an NCIS story um, for my Alpha Chronicles, I knew that Tony was going to be the guide. And I really felt like um, that uh, Gibbs was not going to be his sentinel. Um so that has a, a, just a, a lot of potential. So I think that's probably going to be my April story. There we go. We have my April story. So now I just got to figure out a fucking name for it. And I'm determined that it's going to have an A in the title. And for those, like the first word of my story is going to be an A. And for those of you who participate in Rough Trade, you know exactly why. <laughs> Because there is nothing more frustrating to get ready to post your story and have to scroll down three screens to find your title. Because <laughs> there are so many participants and the category list is 80, 80 long and you're like, you're scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. Uh, it's, it's either going to be a fucking number or an A. I'm just... <laughs> It's really annoying. <laughs> Anyways, so yeah, I I'm gonna do an Alpha Chronicle um story for, for April and it's gonna be Tony and um Steve. And um yeah. It'll be really fun. And now I need to figure out when Steve comes online. E A D. Um Evil Author Day happens on February 15th, so we're pretty close. Um, I have um, I have a Harry Hermione story called The Recording of Hermione Granger, and it's set in an alternate universe where they don't go to school together. They aren't. Um, she doesn't go to Hogwarts long term, so they aren't friends. And she comes back to Britain, and um, Harry, Harry don't even know what to do with himself. <laughs> at the side of her. So and that's I'm um, really um how it opens is I put Ron and Azkaban. So <laughs> I'm looking forward to that one as well. That's that's actually about half finished. Um I have it all plotted and I um I've been writing it on Saturdays and so Lady Holder has read about half of it and um she likes it a lot. Or, you know, she's gaslighting me, I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, um, and let's see what else I've got. Um, yeah, yeah, I do actually know better. Lady Holder will tell me when I'm fucking up. You know, like, she'll tell me. Did, did you did you mean to do this? <laughs> Are you sure you want to show this to anybody? But um, let's see what else I've got. Um, I'm you know depending on my rewrite of Unspeakable Plot, um, you guys might get a chapter of that for EAD, just so you can see what I'm up to. If you're interested in that, um, I, uh, I have an NCIS fic called Special Operations that I may or may not share. Um, it's, it's a Tony Gibbs, um, and it's, it's a competent Tony, but I can't stand those 
Ooh, anyway, it's competent, Tony, and it's called Special Operations currently. I'm not sure if that's going to be the actual title forever, but that's just what I've got the file called. Um, I have a Hobbit fic, and it will be um, Girl Bilbo, because that's about all I write, because I got really frustrated with the lack of um, female characters in The Hobbit, and it's called The Bartered Queen. Um, and um, the Thane barters Bella to Thorin, as part of a trade agreement. And, um, Thorne's kind of surprised. <laughs> so, let's see. And, um, I don't know. I, I think I'm going to work on um, the unspeakable plot and at least give you guys um, two chapters of that, um, maybe. Because I mean, it's basically already written. I just have to um, rework some stuff and see how that goes. Um, but my big offering is going to be um, the courting of Hermione Granger. Um, I'm probably going to post um, for the 40k of that. So you're, so you're going to get four or five chapters, maybe six chapters out of it um, for EAD. And that is going to be my big offering for um, this year. And I also have a, another Harry Potter fic um, that I don't even know really where it came from. And I'm on the fence about um, even writing it or what I'm going to do with it. Um, but if I decide to share it with you... Um, <clears throat> It's a BDSM fic, and it's Harry and Hermione, and they've been married for a year. And Harry catches his wife um, going to a fetish club, and he follows her. And what he sees is kind of startling. <laughs> so it's called Her Secret, and... Um, uh, there's no cheating or anything because I don't write that. There's no adultery or anything like that. He's, um, she's just watching, and um, it's a, um, it's a thing. So, and I may or may not share that. I just don't know what I'm going to do with it or where I'm going with it. So we'll see. Um, but if I can get the first couple chapters of Unspeakable Plot hammered out, as far as adding Draco, then I will offer those as well. Um, so, so you guys can see that. And I think that um, that could be about it. I don't know yet. There could be some more. Um, but I'm thinking that I'm going to have close to um, about 60,000 words to share on EAD. One way or another. So that's respectable. You guys can deal with that, right? <laughs> Anyways, <clears throat> hello. You need, to, you need to talk because my throat's starting to hurt. <laughs> okay, uh, I was just sitting here opening up my stuff and trying to add up how much I have since you know you gave me this <laughs> huge ass number and I'm going, I don't have that much. Um, yeah, well, you know I'm crazy, so you can't. <laughs> well, yeah, but you're also data mining, so, you know, I don't even know. Um, so far, I'm at 7,300, and I haven't even... 
It should add up. 83 is uh, 85. Did you finish doing your thing there? Okay. Um, I'm at 10,000 over over the seven or the six that I've got up, and then I haven't even finished the seven that I'm that I'm on offer. And one of them, um, one of them is is. One I'm going to try and comp- actually one I'm definitely going to try and complete. One may and en- one other may end up complete. So it'd be two complete things for EAD, and um, the rest of them are just pieces. So you know it's um, yeah it's going to be interesting to see what what rolls out of this. Um, all the various topics that you talked about, I. I rarely have a problem with your your fan fiction stuff that you write, although I will sometimes. You know, I'm not going to lie. I, I'll put I'll I'll do what the hell over. You know, in in links. You know, and and comments <laughs> and YouTube video. <laughs> I I will never not get teach for that. But look, it gave the answer and it was it was legit and it was the you know hey it answered the question and whatever. Um, just don't, don't revisit the grocery at the same time. Huh? Julie has told you not to revisit the gross food. <laughs> oh Jesus, no. Um you know, there's God. You know, we've we're not gonna revisit the gross food. No, I'm not gonna do that to people. Um <laughs> the, sh- the show has its short pitch to the you know, it's it's the show with the gross food, yes. I, I can live with that. Um, I don't know about you, but I think that actually fits. I don't even know where the fucking short pitch shows up. I just, it's, it's, it's so annoying. Yeah, well, I don't get into Apple stuff, so, you know, I, I don't see anything on there anyhow. I just go onto your site. Um, you know, I don't, I, I have to wonder who was the first person who went, I have a can, I have a chicken. They go together. No, I don't understand. I thought you were going to discuss the thing. <laughs> yeah, let's okay. He's a big liar. Get the groceries. <laughs> yeah, lying liar who lies. Um, you know, and and God. Uh, oh, Echo, you're seeing you, the short pitches in iTunes. That's really funny because <laughs> they're. I've gotten really assholeish about them. <laughs> yes. Yes, that's that's interesting. You know, what's really interesting for me is um, I'm actually um, <laughs> I pulled uh, I pulled up my my um, pen and paper because I got the magic pen, and um, I have opened the stuff I was doing for Lion Rampart because I've got uh, five pages of that, and. I needed to look up stuff on Hotch because he's in this one, and I I don't know much about this man other than what I remember from the show, and I don't really watch the show because there's too many times I have to hit pause and take a drink of the you know ginger ale and hit play again so that way I can watch something completely deviant, you know. It, it's not happening, but. I open up Wikipedia and it's like, okay, I can I can deal with this. 
So we'll see how my take on Hotch is compared to uh, the reality of the show. Um, huh. Well, it looks like we know what happens to your short pitches. <laughs> They're apparently on iTunes. That's not going to stop me from being an asshole in the uh, no. in the short pitch box. In fact, it Mm-mm. might let me up my game. I had no idea. Now I know where they that are. That they're actually really used, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yep. So. Oh, for those of you who um, haven't been sorted on Pottermore, apparently the sorting quiz is back up, so you can go get sorted in your house if you've not done that. Because it was taken down for a while, but if you're not on Potter, Pottermore, or you didn't get sorted at Pottermore, Pottermore <laughs> you can go over there and get sorted. Um, I got sorted in Slytherin. I got sorted. I got sorted in the Slytherin too. I got sorted. The one, the one person who I expected to get sorted in the Slytherin didn't. She got sorted in the Hufflepuff. This is true. Welcome to Hufflepuff, I mean, Azure. <laughs> I mean, anyways, really, for those of you who haven't got is, sorted, you can go over there and do that. Yeah, she is the most Slytherin Hufflepuff to ever puff. To ever puff a puff. Yes. You know. We got a lot of Slytherins as minions. I'm not surprised by that. Did we? Did did um, OT ever get go through it and get tested? Because I know you, me, and Jilly, and Senna are all Slytherins. And and Azure is our Hufflepuff. Yeah, you're not. You may be sweet. You may be little. You may be gray haired. And you may be a church lady. lady. <laughs> but, but you're not but all those all things to get... together. No. 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 Um. Well, I think every group of Slytherins needs a Hufflepuff. Well, yeah, we have to get a line into the kitchen. Because the Hufflepuff are actually the keepers of the porn. This is why she has bags of dicks. Exactly. You need mm-hmm. a bag of dicks, you need to look in Hufflepuff. Yep. Yeah, that explains <laughs> a lot. Mm. Twisted immediately responds God. with as the latest blowjob posting on Tumblr is lovely. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's our, that's our Hufflepuff just puffing away. Yes. <laughs> oh, man. Look, um, all I'm saying is that when you're planning for world domination, it's great to have somebody on hand that not only will pack snacks, but will pack porn. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because otherwise, as as evidenced by you know social media, people will supply you your porn. It's just not what you want. Yeah. Yeah. I read a couple of those, and, and my brain kind of went, Bleh! and I kind of skipped that whole mess. Um, I have probably a half dozen stories that I've got floating around my hard drive that if I, I I suppose I could take a good hard look again and, you know, see if I could rework them. So, you know, you saying how you go through it and reworking the scenes and uh, and contemplating um, where everything goes, 
I get where you're coming from because, you know, I've got chunks of, of story that doesn't quite work. Oh, God. <laughs> I can't unsee that. It's like that damn chicken on Facebook. Okay. Yeah. You mean the one where the white people and the chicken? Yeah, the one that look, that that says that, you know, when you look at a chicken, you know. <laughs> what it says was is that white people having sex look like a chicken. Mm-hmm. And they had a chicken trussed up. And I have to mm-hmm. admit that, 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 that the two pictures did bear a semblance of reality. It looks similar. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, on, my, it's and, on my wall. Yeah. Because, you know, I'm, I'm a Slytherin and I'm evil and I'll put it up. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. I'm on mute. I can, t- I can click that. You're not on mute. No, my computer's on mute. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, oh, Jilly, thank you. How is that comfortable? I don't have a dick, so I don't, um... I don't get it. But you're right, I don't have one this life either. So apparently I'm missing something. But it's my understanding that men who are uncircumcised have a very sensitive, um, the head of their penis is more sensitive. Um, So that might actually be very very pleasurable to have it all rubbing up against each other. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, do the rubbing. I'm not sure it's a violent um, smacking thing going on, but more like a like a sexual rubbing, you know. I not, hope so. Obviously but, not frottage because frottage requires, no. you know, I think more contact. But um, lots more. I, honestly, the guy on the right actually has manscaped. By the way, that, <laughs> that's something that um, we could talk about. Manscaping. <laughs> yes. Don't make me put a picture of Burt Reynolds because I will. I've done it before. It shows my history, as a matter of fact. Um, you know what? I think some men look good hairy and some men don't. Well, you know, and um, even then, there cliff is furry. There, ne- there needs to be a um, um, things in moderation kind of thing. Um, I don't think you should have a jungle in your pants. Um, oh yeah, please don't. My sister it's, it's, recently got a Brazilian, and oh, she suggested God. that I go with her to to get one, and I was like. No, and um, she said, "Well, you shave, right?" And I used to. I haven't in a while because fuck all that shit. I'm married. I don't gotta do shit like that anymore. I clip. And I said, "Well, I'm not saying it's the 1970s in my panties, but it's I'm all natural these days because I am not going to spend an hour every fucking week shaving my hoo ha, and I'm certainly (laughs) not going to get a whack job on my hoo ha." I don't blame you. She got waxed from clit to hole, asshole. Stem to stern? Stem to stern. I was like, what is wrong with you, girl? Don't you know? That's about as stern as I want to see, my mother. This is what she said. Honestly, that shit was so hot, I was relieved when she jerked it off. Oh, God. And I said, that is not getting me want to get this done. No, it's not doing that to me either. Oh, God. No. See, 
here. It's it's not too much hair. I like the little hair trail going into his in into his mm-hmm. trousers. That's that's hot. Um, the pleasure, I like the beard. and I love the yes. beard. I fucking love the beard. Daniel Radcliffe should never shave his beard off ever again because he mm-hmm. just went from really attractive young man to hot motherfucker in like whatever it took for him to grow that beard. I don't even know. Mm-hmm. I, I was like, what? <laughs> I mean, yep. it really it. Damn. It, my mom mm-hmm. went well. Holy shit! <laughs> yeah, the man, you know, the the, the the young man has grown up well. Yeah, he really has. No, I am not letting anybody with a laser near my hoo ha either. There's just limits. No. Oh no! Although uh-uh. my aunt got an electrosis. Uh, Holy Roller? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, Busybody. <laughs> I like Where how you Busybody get... Like... Where, where did Aunt Busybody... Ah! I think she got electrolysis. We're talking about the hoo-ha. Of course she got her oh. hoo-ha electrolysis. Because she said she was tired of shaving it. And um, she was like 50-something. So she got that shit just... I was like, okay, really? Oh, <laughs> uh, And it wasn't just one treatment, you know. That that's not how electrolysis works. Uh-huh. Um. Yeah. It, well. Uh-huh. I, mm-mm. Yeah. Mhm. Mhm. <sighs> By the way, as a complete aside, if you. <laughs> Because I went looking up, and my, my search criteria was Daniel Radcliffe and shirtless. And I clicked on the images, and I don't know about anybody else, but I'm in Google. I'm in Chrome. Um, three lines down. So, so have fun. <laughs> Goes to Google. <laughs> Daniel Radcliffe, shirtless. Is, is that what you went? Plus shirtless. Images... There we go. Actually, mine's on roll two, and I think that's photoshopped. It is photoshopped. That's not actually his dick. Okay. Because Daniel Radcliffe is circumcised. Aha. Okay. But some of the things... That is not um, photoshopped. Um, That's that one (laughs) scene from... um, Equus? Yeah. No, um... Uh, kill your darlings. Um, mm. But yeah, that picture um, with the Equus thing, yeah, that's circumcised because he's um, he's he is circumcised. It came up in a um, interview. <laughs> For I think maybe he was talking about this image and how it wasn't him because he was in fact circumcised, and that's you know to let everybody know that that's not actually a picture of his penis. <laughs> Whatever works. Yes, apparently. <laughs> it did come off in an interview. That's exactly what I said. Um, the uh, the photoshopped picture came up in an interview. 
Mm-hmm. Context but is well done. Yes, but it's a well done Photoshop. Like we don't need a new hobby either, Jilly. Come on. I don't need a new hobby. I am perfectly content with the hobbies that I have of my own and the ones that got press ganged on me. Mother. Look, all <laughs> Yeah, well, all I did was just you know, I, I talked up the hobbit, you know, you're the one who who decided to fall straight into it. I'm just you know, my hobbies are my own. Um Uh-huh. I recommend fan fiction to all those people out there photoshopping Daniel Radcliffe's head onto naked bodies. I think those people are already in fan fiction. <laughs> and that's why they're photoshopping his head okay. on naked bodies. Because, honestly, there's a couple of good uh, photoshopped and pictures of, of uh, Tom uh, Tom Felton and some naked bodies, too. That's like... um. The ultimate expression of, of of fan fiction, I believe. <laughs> this is why we have Marley or Marley. She, she, you know, uh, fan art because you know she's just awesome like that. Oh look, a dick! <laughs> now are we talking Fandom. a tricky dick or are we talking a dick dick? Fandom, the universal worship of cock. Yeah, for the most part, something like what. Eighty-five to ninety percent. Even, Even the head stuff is cock worship. So you uh-huh. have to like just everything with the female, uh, the fem slash. <laughs> Occasionally they use dildos too. <laughs> so even that is circumspect. <laughs> mhm. Cock, wor- cock worship at one remove. Mm. Oh. What else to talk about? New fandoms. Um, I keep sucking you into new fandoms, but, you know, in in my defense, um, I don't think, I don't know how, did you get ever hooked on the Teen Wolf? No. I read some Teen Wolf, but I probably will never write it. I had a Plot Bunny once. I just dropped it off in Plot Bunnies and walked away because um, I'm just, uh, I'm not, mm -mm. but you know what? The biggest turnoff Team Wolf is the fact that they're Scott. No, Team Wolf's fandom. Oh, okay. Which is almost as bad as Supernatural's fandom. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, I um, and this is Jilly's fault. It is one hundred percent Jilly's fault. I think I'm already knee deep into the fandom for Pride, Prejudice, and Zombies. <laughs> I stuck my whole foot in that, and I haven't even seen the movie yet. I ain't, I ain't read the book, nothing. Um, but it's these boots are made for yet. walking, and I'm all in it. I'm I'm all up in it already. I just I it is a hundred percent Julie's fault, or her credit, whatever you want to. Yeah, say. I I. Uh, Barb and I were in the theater and we saw that come on and we kind of looked at it and I I don't, I think we both kind of went, no. The new preview looks awesome. 
Yeah, the problem is, is I'm not a real big fan of horror movies. It took me forever to actually watch Aliens, which, by the way, has to be one of those that, that at least as far as, you know, the, the mental tell-yourself stories as you're standing in line thing, that had to have been one of my first fandoms was Aliens. Not Alien, not Alien 3, the second movie was all right. Oh, great. Great movie. Yeah. Fabulous movie. I, I I enjoyed the hell out of Hicks. I was so pissed off when I found out he died in the second movie, or the third movie. Oh. We like to pretend that like that didn't happen. That was a dream. I'm all for that. I'm all for that. <laughs> Ripley's just in the fucking shower. Don't worry about it. That didn't happen. <laughs> Yeah, it frustrated the hell out of me because, you know, he. it's like, really? She just had the, you know... What um, pissed me off was killing the kid. I mean, oh, yeah. whatever was the man. You didn't know the man, but that, but they killed her kid again. I mean, you know, basically. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> really annoying. And Azure has achieved Azure. Google Freefall. Yes, we've lost her to Google. Um. <laughs> <laughs> no one should ever look more with a dick up any orifice, much less their ass. You know, I remember. God, this is me showing a my age and b how long I've been watching porn. Um, I remember watching porn years and years and years ago, and it was het. And the guy was all going to town. He was having a good time. He was all involved. And you pan over to the girl, and you could swear she was she was reading the prompts, going ooh ooh ah ah oh, and repeat, <laughs> and she was that bored. <laughs> and all I can think of is, boy, you're a bad actress, even for a porn actress. <laughs> you know. It was it was horrifying, and it's like you know. I was the, once so bored during sex, I answered the phone. <laughs> that's that's bad. That's really bad. Um. Hmm. I'm just if it, the dude was gonna get done, I wouldn't even notice the phone was ringing. <laughs> but I told him when he got mad. I said, "Look, if you'd have been doing your job, I would not even have noticed the phone was ringing." Mhm. Yeah. Or I wouldn't have cared the phone was ringing. But obviously, you were not doing your job. So. Okay. So I'm going to be so inappropriate with all the the various actors that we enjoy their you know their their faces and their their bodies and their and all. At least as far as the characters are concerned, do you really think all of them are actually good at sex, or do you think some of them are just kind of like, eh? <laughs> I, um... I bet David Hewlett is a really fantastic lay. I'm actually not talking about the actors, but I'm talking about the characters. Sure, I'll go oh, for that one, oh. too. <laughs> You mean the uh, the characters? <laughs> oh, the characters. Um, I'm sorry, my my brains went somewhere and it it, it might not come back. 
Um, <laughs> you know that that you know he's a you know. I'm just my my brain went. Uh, I know, and it's dragging mine along with it. It's not taking much. You know what's really interesting um, is um, Julie says we write characters as a great lay we think are a great lay. And that actually is probably true Mm -hmm. because I always make Ron lousy in bed Mm -hmm. because I think he genuinely would be because he's really selfish and Mm -hmm. selfish men are never good in bed. Well, then what, I mean, you've got um, the great apathetic as the, the actual canon character of Shepard. Yeah, but he <laughs> has that lazy role about his body and the way he, uh, yeah, I agree. There's no debate. He's a, he, um, he's a great lay. I mean, he, he just looks okay. like sex. And I think that Rodney's character um, is filthy. I think Rodney's filthy. I think Rodney's that guy that will do anything you ask. If you can keep his attention on you and and with you, he he will make your your brain melt out your ears. I think that when it comes to getting naked, that he, that he would give you his undivided attention because um, men who are smart like that normally do. Um, but, I mean, he's mm-hmm. the man that you could say, you know what? I really would like to try ramming. Ben, get on your knees, sweetheart. <laughs> mm-hmm. There okay. would be like no question. This is um I think Evan Lauren is aggressive. I I think he'd be in a very aggressive lay. Jack I think would make you giggle and laugh yeah. and make it fun. Yeah, he's a talker. Mhm. No, Daniel Jackson is a talker. <laughs> he talks Daniel, the whole time. He talks the whole Daniel time will, sex is happening. Daniel will talk yeah, Daniel will talk in tongues in, in various languages and, and he'll ask you take questions before he gets it in. I mean just you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Would you like it like this? Would yeah. you like it like that? <laughs> uh huh. Silk will just assault the, the citadel and, and you know, make your head explode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> As Azure says, Daniel will be great at oral. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. Sam Carter's a freak. She has like a whole whole other life. Yep. <laughs> Got all the toys. Wild child. Um Hmm. Oh yes, good God, <laughs> yes. Says that Tim McGee is boring in bed. I agree. He wasn't yeah. even excited about sleeping in a coffin. Come on. Mm-mm. Abby is a freak. Abby is like a, a freak. Yes. Um, Tony is a try anything, you know, at least twice. Yeah. But he has his favorite. But he has his favorite. He knows what he likes. Um. I think Gibbs is very dominating in bed. Oh, yeah. And probably always on top. Even if he's on the bottom. No, I mean, like, physically, I think he's one of those men who would just always be on top. There are some men like that. And, um, Mm. yeah, he he strikes me that way. But he also strikes me as someone who's very intent on pleasuring his partner. 
just like, you know, um, you ever encountered a man who just thinks it's his job to get you off? <laughs> He's like, that's my job. Uh-huh. This. <laughs> See that mountain? Take that mountain. <laughs> you know? That's how um gives. Just like, takes that orgasm. <laughs> you know, it's just yeah. like... That's just how I see him as just being very um, dominant and in control and, you know, um, being very focused on his partner's um, pleasure. That's just okay. that's just how I see Gibbs. Hotch. Aaron Hotch. Mm. I think... Um, he, is, he is very buttoned up in the show. He is. He's he's very buttoned up. He's very much in control of himself. I think he's um probably um the exact opposite in his private life. Just just a complete um babbles incoherently when he comes. Mm. <laughs> Sounds fun. <laughs> very talky. Very <laughs> yes, right there, right there. <laughs> A couple of the oh god, oh god, oh gods. Yeah, absolutely. Spencer. Um, curious, yeah, intense. I think Spencer is intense. He's, um, he's focused. He's intense. He's very sweet. He's um, a watcher. Mhm. If I do this, what do you do? He's um, there was this boy in college, and he would just like he would watch. But yes, but he was very much a watcher, you know. And that's kind of how I see Spencer's character. It's just um, very watchful and um, intense and um, deliberate. He'd be very deliberate. Hmm. Okay, Steve McGarrett. That's a jungle ride, ladies. <laughs> You need a harness, perhaps a saddle. <laughs> and hang on tight because you're going for a ride. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you do, yeah, you there's a height requirement and safety gear could be required absolutely. I mean, that that's mm-hmm. a ride. That is um uh that is um Steve McGarrett's uh Disneyland. <laughs> Space Mountain. <laughs> yeah, you got you got a. <laughs> yeah. Um. Damn it, uh, Carson Beckett. Oh, I think he'd be very sweet. He'd be a very sweet lover. Um. Um. Just. Just a sweetheart. He just strikes mm-hmm. me as someone. Very, um, very um, loving and and slow and just sweet and taking his time. He's um, he's not someone, and he's someone who'd want to sleep with you afterwards. He he's definitely mm-hmm. a cuddler. This is not a man you could kick out of your bed and send home. <laughs> Derek Morgan, mm-hmm. he's great in bed, but I agree with you. He could be a little bit arrogant about it, but you could definitely send his ass home when you were done. Mm-hmm. But Carson, he's tucking in for the night, and you might get breakfast the next day. <laughs> mm-hmm. Ronan. Ronan. Oh. You see, I think he's gonna. 
Buckle up. I think he's also <laughs> sweet. I think, I he think also he's also too. sweet. Yeah, I think he's sweet, but I also think that he's probably um, capable of just being just as rough as you want it to be. Mm-hmm. Seen that one, but okay. Um, Cameron. Um, Cameron's a cowboy. I mean, he is like you. Yeah, you're gonna have a fun time. You know, there may or may not be mm-hmm. a horse involved. Um, <laughs> <laughs> There's definitely going to be a cowboy hat, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, he's yeah, um, he's fun. He's um, uh, he's another one that'll make you laugh. Yeah, I think so. I think so. He's he's um, mm-hmm. yeah. Mhm. Ducky. Ducky. Oh, he's such a gentleman. I bet he's a mm-hmm. freak. <laughs> <laughs> he he's the guy you're more likely to find the swing with. Yeah, he's definitely a ladies first, but he would also be, my dear, would you like me to spank you? <laughs> yes. How do you how do you see t- the, tonight going, my dear? Would you like la 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 la? la? I have a lot of <laughs> That is exactly it. Ducky is that one that will bring out a whole. Mm-hmm. You're like, really? Can we can we get out the flogger? Of course, darling. Of course. <laughs> How would you? What, what would you like? Yeah, yeah. He's <laughs> he's a he's a total the, connoisseur. This is an expert. You're going to bed with an expert mm-hmm. when you go to bed with yeah. Ducky. <laughs> okay. Speaking of Englishmen and going to the the admittedly uh, the one that uh, Ash is not too happy of or with currently, Bond. James Bond. It depends. Mm-hmm. The Sean Connery James Bond. That's missionary. Yeah. Um, The Pierce Bronson. Pretty much anything goes. Yeah. Daniel Craig. Up against a wall, and you better hope you can hold on. Amen. (laughs) And the only cue I would ever match with with Bond, the current (laughs) cue. Yeah. Oh, he's such a puppy. He's such a cutie. Yeah. You know, him I can see taking you apart and... and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Timothy, Timothy Dalton. Dalton. Oh, happen. sorry. Roger Moore was just dick. Mm. No. Oh yeah, um, Q is definitely a dangerous cutie, but he's he's the one who I can also see as having the start of Ducky's collection. <laughs> I mean, he's he's got that that whole thing going. <sighs> Roger Moore just reminded me at. at at, at this point in my life, Roger Moore reminds me of a used car salesman. Really <laughs> slick and really oily and really fake. <laughs> Who else? Um, Thorin. Thorin. Hmm. Um, I... 
I kind of see him as as a lover, like a you know just someone who um, very hedonistic, very um, mm-hmm. uh, focused on pleasure and um, pleased to be intimate and um, really open sexually in a way that he's not in public. He's just, um, yeah, you definitely see a different side of him. In that. <laughs> he would really, um, it would just be in, an immense pleasure. Mhm. Sherlock. <laughs> I don't want to be that man's science experiment. <laughs> <laughs> I think John would have a lot of fun. I think that um yeah I mean Sherlock now see there's okay if you're talking about Sherlock Holmes we're talking about Robert, um um Robert Downey Jr. Mhm. I'm on board with that ride, but um, Benedict Sherlock—he would look at you like you were a specimen. I mean, and then he probably just you know fuck your brains out. But there'd be that whole specimen part first, and I'm not sure if I'm on board with that whole specimen part first. John's used to it after how many years then? <laughs> it reminds me of that really awesome crossover, um, where John is an Adams. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and and oh my Sherlock God, that's like um he tells Sherlock that no you're not cutting my arm off or or something like that. It's just like he just finds out that Sherlock, that John is an Adams and the Adams are basically immortal and that you can do anything you want to them and they don't die. And um he's mm-hmm. just like totally on board with experimenting with John, mm-hmm. like opening him up like like a cadaver. I mean it's great great story. Um but yeah that's that's just how I totally picture. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> when I do this, the one where we decide how everyone fucks. Yeah. Fictional yeah, characters fuck. <clears throat> huh? Bella. Mm-hmm. Bella. You my Bella. Bella. Mm-hmm. Um, my Bella is um sweet natured, depending. Um, like I said, I think she can be very aggressive. This, but that's the same way I would write Bilbo. As a matter of fact, he's mm-hmm. um someone who takes sexual intimacy very, very seriously. He's earnest and sweet. And um, um, he and there has to be love there. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh, hey, hot dad. Thank you. That's going. That's going in the rear rear pile. Thank you so much, Echo. Um. We're about two minutes out. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems like all of the the oh no God. Kirk in the reboot. <laughs> this is a man you would have to worry. Um, when he invited you, you would have to ask him, "Are you inviting anybody else?" Yes. Do you, Do you remember the the um song from the second uh, Indiana Jones where she sings, "Anything goes"? Yeah. That's that's Jim Kirk. That's that Jim <laughs> a Kirk. A free ticket ride, yeah. No matter his yeah. incarnation, it doesn't matter if it's mm-hmm. the reboot or the original. If Kirk invites you to bed, you need to make sure you're the only one he invited. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or, you know, not, just depending on how you roll. <laughs> or who's the, who's the other party, because if it's Spock, fuck yeah. I'll go for but that. But it reminds me of that really awesome line that Alan Rickman had in The Prince of Thieves. 
where he says, <laughs> you at 10 o'clock, and you at 10.15, and bring a friend. Bring a friend. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love that movie so much. I'm sure I got the times wrong, but you know what I mean. It was really funny. It was yes. the best line in the whole movie. Um, you guys oh, have a so great funny. weekend. Yep. Tomorrow, I am going with my mother on a expedition to find a new coloring book. Did you see that coming? I bet you did. Michael. Um, Michael. <laughs> we... Go we did have a Michaels. We'll be going to the Michaels. There's more than one Michaels. We'll be going to several of them. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> you, you guys have a great weekend, and I'll probably see you on right. Sunday. Say good night. Yep. No ass to mouth. Good night. No ass to mouth. <laughs> Always no ass to mouth.